Kia ora, I'm Tom Kitchen, and today on The Detail. Five seconds for the line to go white. New Zealand and Australia look to have timed things well. Who can get foiling first? That will be crucial. And Great Britain oh, just oh, gets oh, past. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, GP pitches itself as Formula One on the water. And for the first time ever, it's coming to New Zealand. Christchurch will host the first ever Sail GP New Zealand Grand Prix. Sailing fans from across the globe will have their eyes cast on Christchurch. The inaugural leg of Sail GP New Zealand will take place at Littleton and preparations are in full swing. How big of a deal will it be? The entertainment factor is huge. You've got nine boats doing close to 100 kilometres an hour, racing probably within arm's reach of you on the shores. And can it take some of the glory away from the world's oldest sporting trophy, the America's Cup? I mean, there's a real dislike would be a very polite way of putting, you know, the decision to, to go to Barcelona. Phil Robertson's a Kiwi sailor who's actually part of the Canadian Sail GP team. He tells me what it's like being on board one of these high-tech racing machines. They're incredible beasts. Um, it's probably closer to flying than anything else. Uh, you're sort of, I guess, a metre to 1.2 metres above the water the whole time, and uh, there's a lot of airflow going over the boat, and that's something you don't realise. You can't talk to the person next to you. You've got to have a basically noise-cancelling headphones on with a comm system to be able to chat to everyone else on the boat to get it around the track. But I, I actually took a guest for a ride who's a very leisure sailor, I would say. And uh, he was one of our sponsors and he, he jumped on the back in probably about 20 knots of breeze. And we instantly went from zero knots to 50, which is 95 kilometers an hour. And he's hanging on the back of this boat and then you sort of jibe or tack and he's got to try and climb across it doing 60 kilometers an hour. And he, he, so I sort of asked him afterwards, I could look back and see and his face was pretty white. And I asked him after, I said, what was it like? And he said, God, it's like going down the highway, doing 100 kilometres an hour, standing on the roof of the car whilst being high on ecstasy. So (laughs) (laughs) if anyone's done that, that's what it's like. (laughs) Is that how you feel it is? I can't say I've ever done that. So, uh, (laughs) no, it's um, for sure the first few times you sort of do 90 to 100 kilometres an hour, you, you know about it, yeah. Heart's beating, but you, you become accustomed to it. So you're coming home to New Zealand, first time that you've professionally sailed in New Zealand. Are your family and friends going to be in Christchurch watching you? Yeah, they are. So that's also pretty special. It's uh, very unique when they get to come and watch. So it's actually the first time I sort of have my brothers down here watching and, and yeah, a lot of friends and extended family as well. So it's going to be very cool. I'm excited. Will there be a bit of rivalry because you're – you're sailing for Canada, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, they'll be they'll be decked out in Canadian gear, but the way they put it is they say, oh, it's great, we've got uh, two teams. So when one's not doing very well, the other one's there to support as well. So <laughs> they get the best of both worlds, they say. We'll come back to Phil later in the podcast. But now that we know it's fast-paced and full-on, let's get to the basics of Sail GP. 11 global events and an intense battle with nine nations. Richard Gladwell is a New Zealand editor for Sail World, the world's largest sailing news website. This series is really heavily modelled on Formula One. Here comes Lewis Hamilton, though, down the back straight. He's got a slipstream. He almost touches Verstappen. They almost 
make contact into turn nine. Verstappen stays ahead. With Formula One, the, the teams are racing every couple of weeks. They're changing venues. I think there's about 20 venues now that they, they go to in a season. And the whole thing's a roadshow that just gets packed up and, and packed on. It's a similar sort of roadshow with GP. 11 events all over the world in places like Bermuda, Saint-Tropez, Copenhagen and Sydney. They race exclusively on F-50 catamaran yachts, the fastest in the racing world. Futuristic technology, precisely calibrated, rising out of the water, harnessing the force of nature and invention. The elements optimised, calculated and digitised. Fluid dynamics fused with aerodynamics. So we fly. Sail GP made its debut in 2019, and it's now into its third season. This weekend's event in Christchurch is the penultimate of this championship. The grand final is in San Francisco in May. And the Sail GP concept, it's a brainchild of Kiwi sailing legend Sir Russell Coots. I think the combination of national teams in very, very high-performance boats racing on short courses close to shore, I think it's an incredible spectacle to watch. Richard Gladwell says Coots came up with the idea with American rich lister Larry Allison. Together, they'd won the America's Cup for Oracle Team USA in 2010 and 2013. And when they lost it to Team New Zealand in 2017... The America's Cup wrestled from the USA by Burling's Manning The trophy belongs to New Zealand they decided to do something different. Russell Coates and Larry Allison sort of sat down and Allison decided he didn't want a challenge again. He'd already done that and won it and, you know, what was the point in going around that path again? So then they had these boats there. There were six boats. So then they decided to put this series together, which they called Sail GP. Join Sail GP in the race for the future because our race is your race. And that sort of stemmed back to earlier idea that Russell had had going back about two cup cycles who was going to set up the Super League and it was going to be raced in catamarans that were about 70 feet and hey-ho, you know, it was very similar. So now suddenly with this Sal GP thing, he really had what he'd wanted to start a few years ago. And of course with Allison's uh, backing it, they then, you know, worked out how they were going to get the series through the first season. And the reason they struggle there is because they've got to firstly get, you know, say six crews out there sailing. They've got to get some sponsorship together and finance for them to be able to do it. They've got to set up the TV product. They've got to set up how they're going to run it in various venues. There was an awful lot of organisation went in behind the scenes there. For the casual yacht observer, how would this differ from the America's Cup? Well, America's Cup's only sailed between two boats. So this is like a Formula One race. So you've got everything sits there. The boats are jockeying for position at the start line. There's nine of them. And then suddenly the the lights go out and she's all on. Five seconds for the line to go white. New Zealand and Australia look to have timed things well. Would you say there'd be a bit more tension and pressure than the America's Cup? It's It's a different pressure than the America's Cup. America's Cup's a speed race because the boats are all, you know, it's open design and they might have their, you know, good points on some legs and bad points on others, good points on some days. These boats are all set up the night before, so the event officials sit down there and they look at the forecast. They're talking with the TV guys who are in the same room. They're talking with the teams. 
and they're talking with the shore crew who've got to physically do the work to set the boats up. How big is SailGP globally? What's the audience like compared to, say, the America's Cup? It's a huge local event. So you get huge crowds going down to these these events and um, can't remember the exact numbers, but I know that in uh, Portsmouth in the UK in the previous season, I mean, they were getting, I think it was 200,000 people there watching. You know, whereas the America's Cup, I mean, you'd, you get a, quite a big spectator fleet on the water, but you only get a handful of people watching for the shore. So this is really set up as a, a land-based spectator event. And then they have, um, you know, what they call the Adrenaline Lounge, which is basically a um, VIP, very exclusive area, so people can go on there. Or, you you know, like for Christchurch, you um, should have already bought your ticket for 120 bucks for a day. Let's talk about Christchurch, because it's going to be the first time that it's going to be on, the, on New Zealand's shores. And it's the first time also that there's ever been a big sailing event in Littleton. Come March 18, Naval Point Club in Littleton will be sailing paradise. Well, what do you think about that, coming to Littleton? Well, I think the reason for going to Littleton is sort of moderately obvious. They want to get something going in the South Island because it's, you know, Russell Keats, that's where he, where he comes from. He's sort of very aware that Auckland just, there's an event going, Auckland gets it, so he wanted to give that area a lift. The thing with Littleton Harbour, though, is that it, it's made for spectators. I mean, what they look for in these events is what they call a stadium venue. So Littleton Harbour with the Port Hills and everything surrounding it is the stadium venue. It might be the, the ultimate stadium venue. So people might be up, if, if you know Christchurch, they might be up on the Bridal Path walkway or they might yeah. be up at the gondola up there watching yeah. it from down. Or like, exactly. There's so many places and vantage points you could watch it from, but you mm. can't really watch it for free, or can you? Yeah, you, <laughs> can. you can. I mean, all you got to... The, the ticket just gets you into the, you know, the, the enclave around the, um, you know, the main base and, and that sort of thing. But from what I remember of um, Littleton, I mean, it's, um, you just get up there on the hills and I mean the way you watch it is you get get up on one of the hills have a pair of binoculars get some commentary going whether it's off the um, official app on a, on a phone and you can see the whole thing happening you know in front of your feet. So can I just talk about now um, SailGP and what it's like in terms of New Zealand's relationship with sailing, I guess. We've loved America's Cup, haven't we? It's been such a big part of our psyche, I guess. But it also, in recent years, it hasn't quite been, you know, what we might want it to be. They're leaving. The America's Cup regatta is going to Barcelona and Team New Zealand boss is denying that it is a betrayal to the country. Seems like they don't care about us anymore, so... Is GP likely to take over that mantle, do you think? Uh, they're two completely different events, but they've got a synergy between them. The events are quite different because, you know, it's a circuit. SailGP is a circuit sailing version of F1. So it's, you know, a lot of things that happen in F1 also happen in SailGP. There's multiple events. They're, you know, a month apart. The teams are all the same. Uh, the national teams, and there's nine teams in Sail GP compared to four or five in the America's Cup. So you don't think it's going to be one or the other? Do you think we're still going to be in love with the America's Cup? Well, you, you never know. I mean, there's a real dislike would be put, a very polite way of putting, you know, the decision that it, to, to go to Barcelona. We wanted it hosted here because New Zealand treats it like a national event. I don't think any other country in the world uh, treats the America's Cup in the way that we do. We all celebrate it. But what's happened in Sail GP is that 
well, what happened in the last America's Cup is that people realised that they were going in there and they were pretty, um, they weren't race sharp, put it that way. And they also hadn't had a lot of experience in the match racing tactics that you use in, in foiling boats. So what's happened now is that they've made a real, there's a lot bigger shift into these uh, sail GP with the America's Cup teams. Not so much sailing as an America's Cup team, but with the personnel in there that are competing against each other. Well, two of our busiest sports people have confirmed their team for the first New Zealand entry into Sail GP. Tyro Chuk and Busy Burling confirming today four of their Team New Zealand teammates will join them on the Sail GP circuit, including right-hand men Andy Maloney and Olympian Josh Jr. And what that Sail GP does for these guys, it's the same as it's just giving them regular competition against the guys they normally sail against, similar sort of boats in terms of performance and the tactics are the same. The big difference is that Sail GP's a lot more exciting to, to watch because anything can happen because you've got nine boats there sailing fast in a very confined space and it's again same as same as F one, which you know, you have a huge sort out on the first leg. And then after that, the race sort of settles down. But there's always the, the opportunity there for passing. Wow, that was so, so tight. And New Zealand's going to take the right turn. Oh, they're underwater. Sailing has something of a reputation for being a male-dominated and elitist sport. But Richard says they are trying to change that. With Sail GP, they decided they were going to bring have a women's pathway in there. It was a very... I mean, there's, the, the thing's been debated, you know, for, for years in sailing as to how you do it and why aren't there any women in America's Cup and, and all this sort of thing. So the Volvo Ocean Race really started that um, for the last race and they said, right, we're not just going to have a women's pathway in here, but you're going you're to have to pick a crew and you've got a choice. You can either have seven if it's all men or you can have uh, ten if half the crew's women. So the skippers sort of, you know, did the usual and said, oh, I'm going to go for seven. And then suddenly they realised that some of these boats that had gone for ten had got two pairs of extra pairs of hands on the boats. So it's, and those women got in there and they, they really actually, you know, proved that they were more than capable of um, competing with the men. I really applaud uh, Sir Russell Coots, who started um, Sail GP, for seeing that women's sailing needed, I don't want to say a hand up or a handout, but they needed more experience at this level of sailing. Suzanne McFadden is the editor of Newsroom's Locker Room. So for the first season, uh, they each team had two women and they were really training partners, learning how to sail these incredibly fast, crazy boats. And uh, in season two, we saw... Every crew had to have one female sailor on board the six-person crew. Um, so that was a real breakthrough. And we're really seeing the women having uh, playing major parts on the boats now that we're into season three. Um, and, yeah, I love seeing that. Do you think it's just tokenistic, just having like a one or two women, you know, or is this progress being made? It's definitely progress. Um, you know, you've got to start somewhere. And I think they're probably ahead of the curve, um, Sail GP, as far as bringing women onto boats. But, you know, again, they have to start somewhere. And this is a really strong start.
but what they have to do is follow up on it you know carry on developing women sailors carry on investing in them carry on creating role models for young women who want to get into sailing or who are in sailing sailing dinghies but want to see that there is a pathway forward for them that there is a career in sailing for them so yeah this is a great start are there any other sports doing anything similar to say women's pathway or is it quite unique in this space uh, yeah, it is quite unique in this space. Uh, I think in motor racing, you're seeing the um, W Series, Women's Series there. My aim is obviously to win it again. Can't be a pushover on track. Can't be a pushover off track. What a season we've got ahead of us. Eight races, 18 drivers. Let's get to it. Trying to... Uh, bring women up to speed, excuse the pun, to be able to race in in Formula One one day. So it's very similar to that. And it's still some way off, which is really disappointing. But again, they're starting to realise that, you know, women make up 50% of the population. They are interested in sport. They are strong enough to compete. And so, yeah, it's, it's, we're getting there, I guess. Okay, well, what can be done to make it more accessible, do you think? I don't know if boats can be any cheaper. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Yachting New Zealand's um, sailing programs for kids, I think they're great. They could be even better. Um, you know, helping to go around the country and introduce more kids to sailing through schools. It's an amazing sport to be involved in, and the opportunities are almost endless once you reach a certain point in sailing, um, opportunities to sail offshore, um, either around the boys racing like this or, you know, around the world racing. So, and New Zealanders have always excelled in in both of those types of sailing. So, you know, we we, um, have a wonderful relationship with the sea in New Zealand. When you learn to sail, I guess it, it, it brings you closer to the ocean and, and the environment, but also, you know, that safety in the water. So I, I think it's a it's a great sport if you can get into it without having to um, spend a lot of money and, and then, you know, make sure that you have a pathway if that's what you want to carry on doing. Look, I just want to ask you now about going down there. So you're going to be going out to cover again. Tell me about that. Yeah, this will be my first um, Sail GP event. So really looking forward to it. Uh, the thing that I love about it is it's making sailing more accessible. It's you're, you're right there, you know, with a, a grandstand seat to watch this, this racing. I mean... In the past, you know, the America's Cup, as amazing as it was, was often sailed miles offshore. And uh, unless you had a very nice big boat to get out there, um, you know, you couldn't watch it live. But as we saw in Auckland in the last America's Cup, they brought it closer to shore. And, um, you know, you had more, you engaged more people, people who you maybe, you know, hadn't watched sailing before were suddenly able to watch it um, firsthand. And this is what um, Sail GP brings to. It's really exciting racing, fast, close to the shore, short, sharp races. It just makes it so much more of a spectacle that anybody can watch. And Phil Robertson's looking forward to the atmosphere this weekend. The entertainment factor is huge. You've got nine boats doing close to 100 kilometres an hour racing 
probably within arm's reach of you on the shore. So definitely going to be a, a spectacle in um, Sail GP. It's 10-minute races, uh, three races a day, so short and sharp and, and plenty of action to watch. And the technology on these boats is so advanced now. And, yeah, you're flying a metre above the water. So it's something very unique and very different. I kind of want to say good luck, but I also, you know, you're the Canadian team. Come on, so say it. Good luck, mate. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, the Maple Leafs. All right, cheers. Thanks, uh, bro. Thanks, right, mate. Bye. That's it for today. I'm Tom Kitchett. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by Flo Wilson, and our producers are Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. Thanks to Phil Robertson, Richard Gladwell, and Suzanne McFadden. Ka kite ana.